What if the Christian life is not just about saying a prayer to go to heaven when you die, but a prayer to get heaven into you right now? Have you ever wondered what Jesus meant when he said believers would do greater works than he did? Prepare to be inspired and equipped as you hear regular Christians just like you share their stories of how the Lord is using them to be his love in action. These folks are seeing that love transform the people they encounter as a normal part of their daily lives. And now, Firestorm Live with your host, Scott Gilbert. Good evening, everyone. Firestorm Live broadcast coming at you. I am your host, Scott Gilbert. And just like the intro says, testimonies of regular people just like you that are seeing the Lord co-labor with them and be his hands and feet to hurting people, we've got a fantastic one today. I am really excited and always thrilled with my guests. And my friend Cindy is here, and Cindy has a different kind of testimony that I think will encourage and equip you in a different way. You know, normally we have folks um, that are moving in some level of anointing. They're seeing the sick healed. They're seeing, hey, <laughs> hang in there till next week. You're going to hear a resurrection testimony of seeing the dead raised. Yep, that's next week. Next Tuesday, no joke, coming at you. So we have those. We see people that are moving in a level of, you know, they're seeing demonic being cast out of people just by showing up in a grocery store or a Starbucks. And all these are really thrilling. And they're somewhat sensational and exciting. And yes, that is the bread of the children. It's available to every believer. However, I think it's easy when you hear testimonies like that to easily marginalize and say, well, that's just too spectacular. That's not me. I, you know, pray f for people I've never seen anybody healed. I just might not be anointed. It's completely a lie of the enemy. Yes, if you are a child of God, if you prayed to receive Jesus in fullness, you are absolutely as anointed as anybody else. But the problem with spectacular testimonies are it's just too easy to say, that's not me. Well, the one today I think is going to be very approachable and is going to encourage and enliven you in a really different way. So my friend Cindy Aiken is here. Cindy, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting when I meet people that are just so pure and, and moving in love out there in the regular world. And you have an interesting story like of what brought you to this point. You're, cha you're working through some major challenges yes. in your health. Yes. And uh, you're a mom, uh, married, kids, all the stuff, you know, keeping all those balls in the air. Some of them are glass. And additional to that, you also got a really scary diagnosis. Yes, sir. So, so what's happening? So right after Christmas time, um, let me start with, I love how Scott introduced me. Basically, he's letting you know there is nothing spectacular about this girl <laughs> that you are getting ready to hear from. Um, that one thing I will say is that um, obeying God is something that is huge in my life. And so we had the my family and I had an opportunity to um, go teach in Puerto Rico at a sister school because I am a school teacher at a sister school to our local school in Chesapeake, Mount Pleasant Christian. So we went and, you know, feeling kind of good about ourselves, you know, that we're being, you know, obedient to the Lord and we're in Puerto Rico and we're there to teach. And of course, with COVID, it was very difficult. Uh, there was mostly online teaching and it was a little bit 
like, okay, we're on top of a mountain and not really sure what the Lord's going to do. But don't you know, God brings some of his most special people to the top of a mountain to get their attention, right? (laughs) Well, we decided uh, we needed to come home for the holidays. And while we were home in December, um, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I just couldn't even believe it. My first uh, argument with God was, this can't happen. I'm supposed to be going back to Puerto Rico. You sent me to Puerto Rico. Okay, so clearly you're going to heal me, and you're still going to send me back to Puerto Rico. That's my first my first thought process. Then my next thought process is basically that, okay, well, maybe, and you know, I, I maybe he's got another plan. I, I don't I don't know, but anger and just disbelief continued to be um, the the two emotions that that I felt. And uh, with having lots, I have five children. My husband and I have five kids, four of which are still at home, and we just wanted to protect them from whatever this was going to be because we had no idea. And I think the uncertainty of it was the scariest part is because we just didn't know what to expect. So I had surgery in February and I was like, okay, Lord, this is great. We're going to be fine. We're going to be able to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're going to be able to move along and maybe I'll get back to Puerto Rico to continue, you know, doing what you called me to do because you called me to go. So clearly you're going to send me back. Well, that made logical sense to me. But what wind up happening was uh, we met with the oncologist, my husband and I, And unfortunately, because of COVID, a lot of these visits have been um, me being in the office and my husband, you know, having to just meet through a FaceTime visit. And that's so difficult. Like, it's not even just that cancer is hard. Cancer during COVID just seems impossible. Hmm. But with God, all things are possible. And so we're taking these steps that we need to take. And so we meet with the oncologist towards the end of March, and I'm looking for a glowing report. And he let us know early on that, you know, when they remove the cancer, that they do the testing to make sure that it's that it's not likely to come back. And there's certain numbers they use, you know, roughly if your onco score is from this to this, you don't need chemo. And if it's from this to this, you may need chemo. And if you if it's from this to this, you definitely need chemo. And that that range was roughly from 17 to 26, you would definitely need chemo. And I very brazenly let the Lord know, listen, I'm not doing chemo. I'm not putting my family through that. I'm not putting myself through that unless you make it extremely evident. I mean, you're going to have to make it clear that this is what I am going to need to do. Well, that wonderful little Onco score came back roughly at 46, which was twice as much as what I needed to know that I needed to do chemo. And I looked at my, I didn't look at my husband, but on the FaceTime, I said, well, that's what I get for being an overachiever, right? Mm. (laughs) So... It wasn't funny, obviously, and you're trying to do what you can just to sort through this information because there's so much information that comes to you. And, you know, you at least for me, I'm, I'm basing what I know of cancer based off, you know, television shows I've seen or people I know that have gone through this. And I didn't like any of my options, and I certainly didn't like the idea of chemo. So my husband and I just, you know, we didn't even have to really talk about it much at all. Um, the oncologist gave me the three options and we chose the, 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 um, the path that was the most likely for this not to come back. 
And so with that means it's going to be just, cha I mean, challenging is not even the word. Challenging is a nice way of saying mm -hmm. hell on earth, to be quite honest. It, it has been very unique. Um, the very first part, the very first eight weeks, um, and I say my, my husband and I go through this together because, you know, he really has the tougher part because he has to kind of, he can't even come to the visits with me. Um, isn't that a nice way of saying the visits? Ha ha ha. The treatments, he cannot even come with me to the treatments. You know, he's, he wants, he's praying for me. And of course, you know, as Christians, we know that prayer is huge. You know, it's huge. We do see things happen through prayer. But when you have a loved one that's just um, suffering, you know, you just, you don't look at prayer as necessarily this, wow, this, this amazing, uh, this amazing thing. You want to be there with that person. You want to hold their hand. You want to talk them through it. You want to be their biggest cheerleader. And it's kind of hard to do that when you're outside the building and your loved one's inside the building for four and a half or more hours, you know, depending wow. upon the treatment. So, um, he and I just were praying, you know, how do we do this? How do we walk these steps? How do we get through this? And as we are praying through, as we're praying up to my first visit, um, a friend of ours, because don't you know how friends love to tell you about all the terrible things they know about your particular situation? <laughs> so we have all these, you know, friends who are coming to let us know how terrible this situation is. Well, we, we know how terrible it is. We're walking through it. And then, of course, they let you know how, um, you know, how terrible somebody else had it or, you know, somebody dying from it. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, my golly, I can't do this, you know. But one of my friends said to me, oh, my goodness, you're doing the worst chemo there is. It's nicknamed the Red Devil. And I'm so glad she said that because something in me clicked. Something in me at that moment, and it wasn't me, it was the Lord. It was something in my heart that clicked like, wait a minute, I'm not fighting flesh and blood, am mm. I? I'm not fighting this illness. I am fighting the enemy, and I'm not alone fighting this. And my husband and I are not alone. My kids, my husband and I are not alone. This is the the Lord is with us. He is our champion. And as soon as that friend of mine said that the chemo treatment was nicknamed the Red Devil, I instantly said, "Well, it is now re-nicknamed the Glorious Gladiator." Come on. And yeah. I am not going to go through this as a victim and i'm not going to go through this as anything but successful through christ a warrior through christ because it is only through him that my husband and kids and i can get through this Amen. and so the first day comes it was roughly mid-april i go to the treatment center and somehow i got lost in the system it was the treatment center had just opened and it was their first week and so i got lost in the system and when they finally figured out an hour and a half later you know what was going on they were surprised by just how calm and gracious I was. It is only the Lord Jesus that could have given me that calm spirit. It is the only the Lord Jesus who, who could have given me that grace because they were expecting me to, of course, be so upset because I'm anticipating what is this treatment going to be like. So that the treatment, you know, as I'm meeting everybody and the different people you have to see, I'm just being, you know, calm and and gracious and calm and gracious and you know of course you don't know what it's going to be like that first time well then after that first treatment you wait two weeks to go back to the next treatment for my particular situation and um, because they want for your body to have time to recuperate 
and they also want your white blood cell count to go up. Well, I knew what to expect the second time, and I was not a happy camper, let's just say, and I was very angry because God had every opportunity to take this away from me, and he chose not to, and I felt extremely angry about that because I could not understand why he would not I'd been obedient. I'd gone to Puerto Rico like I was supposed to. We moved a family. I mean, how in the world can you treat your children that are living in obedience like this, right? Like I was feeling a little bit, you know, uh, I don't know, yeah. like had had airs. I was displaying my airs at that moment. And so I go into the treatment center that second time, and I'm just quiet because I had nothing, nothing to say that was going to be kind. And so I was just quiet. And I first go to get my blood drawn so that the white blood count makes sure it was okay before I start treatment. And these women who had dealt with me two weeks prior and who knew how, you know, kind and bubbly I'd been prior to, they saw that I was very quiet and that I seemed very disgruntled. And so one of them asked me, are you okay? And I looked at her and I said, as okay as I can be with cancer. That's all I said. And I turned my head and I was doing everything possible not to fight the, or to fight the tears and just not to cry in front of these women. And so the woman saw that I was really just trying to hold it together, if you will. And she leans over and she whispers in my, my ear. Now I had not said anything before about being a Christian. I had just been kind and gracious that first visit, but she leans over and she whispers in my ear, the Lord is with you. And she leans back and she continues doing what she needed to do for the blood draws and everything. And I looked at her and I said, I know he's with me. That's why I'm so upset. He's making me go through this. I was quite, quite frustrated. And it's okay to be frustrated. It was okay for me to feel frustrated. And she looked at me and she goes, and that's okay. And she said something that I don't know that I could forget because it just impacted me so much. She said, I watch you all come through here, several of you, many of you, all day long, every day, so sick, just trying to fight, trying to hold on. She says, and I watch you all, and I have such respect for you because you are continuing to fight the fight. Hmm. And, I, and I thought, oh, wow, that must be horrible for her. Like... She has to, she does have to watch us come through here and she does have to see us sick and she does have to, you know, but yet she sticks with her job because this is what God's called her to do. And so who am I to not figure out what is my part in this? Like, what does God have for me? Well, before I hit my third treatment, I had gone to the dojo, Savior Martial Arts, where my older daughter does karate. And I'm, you know, I'm, not was not looking to really talk to a lot of people but of course you know scott and his jovial self (laughs) hops and pops over to me and he's like hey i just wanted to see how everything's going you look great and i'm thinking to myself you liar (laughs) but no yeah i looked at him and i said you know i said god is good i said i've gotten through two treatments now and he is helping me through and i've been able to um, just kind of figure things out 
And he's like, well, you know, I want to tell you about this exciting service that happened. And he's all excited about this, this prayer service that had taken place. And he's telling me about all these things that God had done. And one little part of me is like, yeah, he did it for those people, but he didn't do it for, for me. me. Why? Yeah. Yeah. But as I continued, and I do say but really loudly, but as I continued to hear what Scott was saying about praying for people and about knowing to listen to God and just that soft, that soft little movement, that gentle movement to go and maybe just go show kindness to somebody. Maybe you're supposed to pray for somebody to yourself at first before you even reach out to go pray for them one-on-one. As I'm listening to him talk, I thought, you know, Lord, I probably should be praying for people because they need it. I need it. But boy, they need it more than I do, maybe, because at least I know that I do know you. And even though I'm frustrated, you know, with your choice right now of making, not making, but allowing me to go through this. And let me clarify that. Allowing me to go through this. God has not put this on me. Yeah. God is gracious. God is good. He doesn't put sickness on people. Amen. He doesn't put bad things on horrific traumatic things on people there are times that things happen and god is there to scoop us up and redeem and so as i'm listening to scott speak i just my heart was moved and i didn't know exactly what was going to happen next or what my place was or even if i had a place and any of this prayer stuff but i thought you know what I'm going to go this next time, and I'm at least going to smile at the ladies again, and I'm at least going to be the kind person that I know that God has created me to be. So that's yeah. all I did. I show up. Yes, sir. Let's. Yeah, it's just from my perspective on that. And I always – we started the show – thank you for listening to the Firestorm Live broadcast, by the way. We started the show saying it's really easy to listen to this show and listen to the testimonies and think that – Every single time we pray for someone, we see them instantly healed. Every time, because that's all you hear, right? You don't hear about all the times where I truly do love this person in front of me. The Lord loves them through me. And we lay hands on and we speak to the body and we thank the Lord for healing power and we see no change. Yeah. That's where growth occurs. Yes. You know, and a lot of people that, you know, come to my seminars and I coach and all this stuff around the country, um, they all want to move in some level of anointing. But I always tell them, you want to move in that, you have to get used to disappointment. Yes. Really, what you're asking for is you need to get comfortable with not seeing it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody wants that. No. Everybody wants to see every blind eye open, every deaf ear open. You want to see them get out of the wheelchair after one prayer. All their pain go away. Maybe after two prayers, three is just too many. Right. I prayed for you, Cindy. I prayed for you a couple times. Yes. We laid hands on. We spoke life into this body. We commanded the spirit of cancer to go. Yes. We commanded the cells to be restored. We commanded your, you know, your natural body. We never command God. We command the creation because we're given authority over that in the garden which Jesus restored on the cross. He said he came to restore all things. That includes our authority over creation. Did all that stuff. My wife prayed for you. I mean, when Lynn prays for people, amazing things happen. Yes. Way more than me, actually. And we haven't seen it yet. We haven't what seen you, the, that healing. We haven't right. seen it manifest yet. That's right. And as, you know, I really want to have you on the show because you're just so inspiring. And I just want to encourage you that I think the – 
the anointing that God has on you is truly a warrior anointing. That's what I'm seeing right now. Okay, so a warrior anointing, true warriors do not show up in armor brandishing their weapons all the time. Not at all. That's right. not a real warrior, right? That's an egotist maybe. Yes. The true warriors are the quiet ones mm -hmm. that are watching and they're paying attention and they're finding the weaknesses in the enemy or whatever, and then they're going to exploit them with massive power, mm -hmm. okay? I feel like that is what God's saying to you right now, is that he has put you in a place where it might look like very bleak. Mm -hmm. However, the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. They're not what they look like, but they're mighty for pulling down strongholds. And I feel like, and the reason I wanted to have you on the show is because I feel like what you're about to describe is what does that look like? Our weapons are not, of our warfare are not fleshly. They're not carnal, but they have divine power for demolishing strongholds. How do we destroy strongholds? You know, another scripture, in fact, the title of the show will be, When I'm Weak, Then I'm Strong. Yes. Well, nobody says, hey, I really want to be weak, Lord. Show me how to be weaker. Nobody right. says that, right? <laughs> nobody says, show me how to be lesser and you more. I mean, that's a very rare prayer. But I believe it's absolutely the key mm -hmm. to seeing spiritual breakthrough, seeing people healed, seeing the Lord breakthrough into reality is kind of getting ourselves in the right position. So you come into the dojo with your, your awesome kids. And I remember we prayed for you. And I remember that day. Yeah. And I remember you had come back from a treatment. And yeah, you were positive and happy and kind. But I, could, I knew there was a heaviness. Yes, absolutely. And I remember that day encouraging you to turn the tables on the enemy mm -hmm. and go pray for people while you're sick, while your manifestation of healing has not happened yet. Go pray for other people. In fact, I have – I've had experiences where I've prayed for people and they have not seen a change, yet they go to, you know, the uh, – one of them was like – it was her knee and her knee was all messed up and she's going to physical therapy and not seeing any change. Well, while she's in the ther physical therapist's waiting room, she prays for another lady's knee. Mm -hmm. That lady's knee gets supernaturally healed at the moment on the wow. spot while – her knee is still jacked up. Right. I don't have a theology for that. Yes. But I know that the Lord's ways are not our ways. Amen. And while I'm weak, I'm strong. So I just felt like the Lord was showing me to encourage you. You actually are moving in a whole lot higher level of power mm -hmm. because of your weakness. Yes. So I that agree. day, I encourage you to go pray for people mm -hmm. while you're feeling yucky. Mm -hmm. What happened? So I went to my third treatment. And I decided uh, to when I when I went in there, I just was looking around at, at the the people, and and it's so crowded inside this lobby, and the lobby's huge. I mean, there's probably about twenty people in there, and I thought, oh my golly, you know, Lord, who am I supposed to even pray for? Let me just sit down and let me just close my eyes and let me just pray. And Lord, when I open my eyes, I, I just would like for you to make it evident who needs prayer. Yeah, we call that highlighting. Oh, he'll highlight people oh, to you neat. when you ask that. It's an awesome prayer. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's a here's a pro. See, tip. you just popped my bubble. I thought I came up with that on <laughs> no, my own. No, that's the spirit in you that came up with it. It's amazing. That means you're moving in the heart of God. Yeah. So yeah, there's a pro tip. When uh, I have no idea what to say, I have no idea who to talk to. Lord, yes. would you just open my eyes and highlight someone, and then you just do life. 
That's and be awesome. focused and he'll highlight them. So yes. yeah, what do you do? Well, let me let me please clarify that I really did not go into the the treatment center at looking to have revival or anything. Like <laughs> I really am, and I will go back to the beginning of the show. I am not a spectacular individual. Or I serve a spectacular God. And so you serve a spectacular God. We yeah. serve a spectacular God. And so as I'm as I'm sitting and I'm, I've just got my eyes closed and I'm like, Lord, just please, you know, I just pray for every single person in here, Lord, as they are just going through this in their own way. And Lord, I and I'm praying this and, and I open my eyes and I as I said, I asked him to show me who needed prayer. And as soon as I opened my eyes, there was this um Woman looked like she was in her maybe mid fifties, um, but she was in a wheelchair, and she was very very thin, and she just looked like she was in so much pain, and the way she was kind of shifting in her chair, and she was patiently waiting for the doctor to come and get her, and I, I wasn't sure for what, but I assumed for another chemo treatment, and. My heart Mm -hmm. so deeply connected with her because as I'm watching her, I can see myself just days before doing that same shifting in my, you know, chair or Mm -hmm. bed at home. And I just feel what she's feeling at that moment. I have this such amazing empathy that can only be from the Lord. And so... I thought, well, Lord, I don't want to just go up and ask her, hey, lady, can I pray for you? You know, and so I very softly walked over to her and I said, excuse me, ma'am. And she looked up at me. I said, may I may I please get you some water? And she says, oh, no, honey, I have some water in my bag right here. And she tapped her little bag hanging on her wheelchair. And I kind of leaned in towards her and she was smiling at me. And I said, ma'am, I said, I am so sorry that you are having to go through this. I said, it's very awful. I know how much I have a hard time with my chemo treatments and I'm just so sorry. And her eyes just like connected, like she felt that I really knew what she was talking about and what she was going through and experiencing. And I said to her, may I please pray with you? And she said, oh, would you please? And so I said, what is your name? And she said her name was Vanessa. And I prayed with her right then and there. Well, wouldn't you know, as I'm praying for her, I mean, I have a lot of kids, right? So I always know, like, when they're staring at me, you know, like you can feel their eyes burning holes through you. And so as I'm praying for this woman, I just feel the lobby eyes are just staring at me. And I'm like... Okay, Lord, give me courage because I don't know if I'm getting ready to get thrown out or not. Like, I don't know if it's against the rules to pray for people or what. So after I said amen for this one, and I was quiet. I was just real quietly praying for this woman. Another woman to my left jumps up out of her seat. And you could tell she had brought somebody because she was jumping up out of her seat. And most of us are not jumping at that moment. And she's like, oh, we're getting ready to have church in here. And I said, Actually, I looked behind me like, who's she talking about? (laughs) Uh, What's she talking about? I wasn't here to have church. I was just here to quietly, silently pray for someone. And so she, the one woman, was getting ready to walk her uh, different friend to the back. And she's like, but would you please, would you please pray for this woman over here? She needs prayer. And 
and the woman was kind of like, no, no, it's okay. And I, and I was like, I'm feeling, no, no, it's okay, right? We're all kind of like, ooh, what do we do? And so I sat next to the woman very quietly, and I said, ma'am, would you like me to pray for you? And she nodded her head, and she said, yes, please. And I said, okay. And so I quietly prayed for her. And again, I could feel the eyes, you know, because it just seemed, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that usually happens in the middle of the cancer lobby. But what happened was so amazing because after I said amen, it was as if the eyes weren't staring like I was just this oddball trying to push my religion on people. It was almost this, yes, this presence in the room of Mm -hmm. the Lord, the Lord's presence. And I said, because there was one man in particular who looked like he might want prayer, I said, Lord, if I'm supposed to pray with him, let me know. And right at that moment, my name was called. And I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to I'm gonna go. But the nurses, the nurses had noticed what was going on. And um, my next time, the fourth time I went, I got to pray with some of my nurses. And that was so amazing. So. Yeah. God is moving, and um, I'm still going, and I still – I did not pray for anybody this last week. I just sat and kept my eyes closed and prayed, and, and the Lord did not put anybody on my heart to pray for last week. But that's what's so cool about prayer. It's you pause, and you ask, and you just wait upon the Lord and be still, and He will answer you and he will give you that person to pray for and be bold because as scott said earlier you know that that quiet warrior you know we are not fighting flesh and blood i know i already said that but i cannot reiterate this is not cancer i'm fighting this is the enemy trying to tear me apart trying to really make this a, a an ordeal or trauma for my family it has not been an ordeal or trauma at all my kids, when I, I have to tell this funny story, obviously the chemo created my hair to start, you know, coming out in patches. And and um, so there came a point where I, I did choose to get my hair shaved. And when I did, um, the very first thing one of my daughters said was, Mommy, you look just like Job off Superbook. <laughs> and I just kind of thought, well... I guess there are worse people that I could look like, (laughs) you know, and even in that, God was so gracious because he allowed this wonderful person to come into my life and her ministry is to, she, she creates, um, wigs for people because she knows what it feels like to, to have a hot, itchy wig. And so she creates these wigs for people, and they're called uh, medical-grade wigs so that they're not hot or itchy, and they look just like your natural hair. And when I say just like your natural hair, there there's so many people that don't know what I'm going through, and they come up to me all the time. They're like, wow, your hair looks amazing. And I'm like, thanks. I said that today. And you did. When I when we got <laughs> together before the show, I'm like, you actually look really great, really healthy. Right? And you're like, eh, it's not real hair. Yeah, and uh, it's so hysterical because it really <laughs> right? puts the pressure on once my hair does grow back because i'm gonna have to step it up with my You're hair have to match I'm, this now. i'm gonna tell you it, it looks so good you know but but god knew god knew my heart he knew what a what a sadness was in my heart about what was getting ready to happen all these different things getting ready to happen and yet every step of the way whether it was scott or whether it this this woman who who um, creates these wigs or whether it's just a friend down the street who buys my kids cool snacks because she knows that right now that's a blessing to them yeah god is so gracious in how he is with us every step of the way 
What I love about the way you're sharing this is for the first part was when just that compassion bubbles up in you. Yes. You know, I've, I've talked about it on the show a few times. If you listen to several of these, you'll, you'll know. As I looked through the scriptures and I saw how Jesus was activating and healing people and moving in authority and moving in power, over and over you will see before someone is healed, you'll see these words, and Jesus moved with compassion. You'll see that over and over. Yes. Um, it seems that love, compassion, is the particle yes, that the Spirit absolutely. of God rides on. Mm. And if you don't have love, you have nothing. God is love. And, but it's not our love. It's not our ability to drum it up and let's you know, pump yeah. up the love. I mean, you, you can try, but it's not right. his love. But when you submit yourself as a daughter, which you are, to your great Father God – he puts his love in you. He says, I will be in you. Don't you know you are God's temple and the spirit of God lives in you? And then what does that look like? Well, it looks like love. It looks like compassion bubbling out. That's also what Jesus said um, to John 4 and the woman at the well. He said, um, if I give this water I give you, you'll never thirst. Oh, well, sir, give me this water. And you know, we all probably know the story of the Samaritan woman. He said, and if you drink of me, you'll out of you will come rivers of living water. Mm -hmm. And Cindy, what I see in you is this is what rivers of living water look like. And it doesn't happen when all your bills are paid and everything's great and the kids are all awesome and you're living on a beach somewhere. Right. <laughs> That's not the Christian life. It's when you get an inconvenient diagnosis yes. <laughs> in the middle of life doing that completely sidetracks what your intentions were. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Lord is saying that's – he, I love it. He did not give this to you. He's a good father. He Amen. does not bring. He is, in, you know, I, I would have come. They would have life and have life abundant. That's right. But we have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And when that enemy hits you, the question I think for all of us is because he hits all of us in various ways. Maybe not as dramatic as a cancer diagnosis in your very young years, but. You get a blowout on the interstate in the rain. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's this must have happened to you before. No, well, it's happened. To, yeah, <laughs> stuff has happened. I was I've used say, that. This is the second time you've said that. That's Poor an, Scott. That's an easy one to relate to. You know, when we have just the the trials and challenges of life. Yes. And somebody taught me years ago. What do you do at those moments when the enemy hits you? Now, I'm a martial artist. I am been in business doing that for thirty some years now. And there's a concept that we have in the martial arts that when you know somebody does something bad to us, we respond three times over. Wow. So if they hit you once, you're going to block and bang, bang, bang. You're going to respond three ways. Okay. Okay. Uh, just to end the attack, right? Mm -hmm. We don't just do one-to-one because -one then the biggest guy always wins. Right, and, right. <laughs> you know, that's really bad for me as a small guy. <laughs> I had to learn combinations. Uh, and it's a classic part of, you know, training in, uh, in what we do. So what happened was the Lord showed me and he taught me that when the enemy hits you, mm -hmm. we're going to hit him back three times. Well, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And what I see in you is this is what it looks like. This is how you make him pay yes. for hurting you. Absolutely. You're doing warfare when you're sitting in that oncology ward and you are praying for hurting people. Mm -hmm. The enemy's kingdom is getting ripped apart 
and he hates it. Yes. And I just want to encourage you that there is such an anointing on that, and there's such an anointing on you as a warrior princess that's stepping into in the fire. Everybody wants, everybody wants a resurrection without a cross. Yes, I would agree with that. Right? <laughs> right. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Right. Right? There's right. joy. How is there joy in the cross? Well, there's something about when I face trials of many kind, mm-hmm. knowing that he's with me and seeing his spirit move through that situation. And I just feel like with you, he has supernaturally poised you in a place where you are going to see you're going to see light break through into darkness in dramatic ways that a lot of us won't see. Mm, okay? That would be awesome. It's what's coming. And, <laughs> yes, and, ha- and how do you do it? Well, you just activate more. You just, it's, it's almost the rule of odds. <laughs> like, okay, if I pray for one person, <laughs> I might see something. But if I pray for a hundred people, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's what happened, happened with me is, you know, I know people that have prayed for a thousand people before they saw anybody healed. Mm-hmm. The Lord was good with me. The very first one I prayed for got healed. Second one got healed. Third one got healed. I thought, oh, my gosh, how come nobody ever told me this was – That's awesome. And then, you know, that's just the Lord being good to me and showing me a a vision but of what he can and will do. However, it doesn't happen every time Mm -hmm. on our time frame the way we want to see it. And what I see in you is that you're stepping into that black, inky darkness. Yes. And it is dark. I will tell you, I – I told my husband, I said, you just walk in. And he, he got to go into the building one time, that very first time. And when I, you know, just that very first time, we'll say. And, and he and I agree that when you walk in, there's this despair. Mm-hmm. It's like a spirit of despair. It is. And so, it, it, you know, one of the things I love to do is just fight that despair with smiles, with talking. This one woman I spoke with just this last time, I said that I didn't pray with anybody, but I got to speak with this woman and I asked her, I said, you know, and I started off with a very simple conversation of, you know, kind of like, oh, how long have you been waiting? Because, you know, she, you could tell she was kind of getting a little bit, you know, twitchy and and it's hard to wait when you know what's coming, you know. Hmm. And so she's like, oh, well, it takes a while with my doctor. And she's like, who's your doctor? So we got to chit-chatting. And I found out this woman was so upset she was fighting cancer again, but she has a disabled adult child at home. And she's so upset to have to tell her adult child that she has cancer again. She hasn't told her yet. Mm -hmm. She said, I kept my hair short on purpose because that way, if it did come back, I would have some time to figure out how to tell this adult child of mine. My heart just broke, and I said, they called my name, and I went, I looked at her, and I said, hey, I said, I'm praying for you. I said, I mean it. I'm praying for you. And she looked at me, and she sat up straight, and she smiled, and she goes, then I'm going to pray for you. See? And I said, thank you. It's a snowball effect. Yes, it is a snowball effect. And I'll tell you something else that's a snowball effect, laughing, because... I, we get sent, you know, it's kind of like you you feel kind of like cattle. They call a couple of names and you're cattling back down the hallway and you go to another place that says treatment waiting room. And we're all sitting there and everybody's looking kind of humdrum and I get it, okay? So this one woman walks towards and she looks like she, towards me and she looks like she's looking up at the ceiling at the dangling signs trying to figure out if she's at the right location. And I looked at her and I said, come on in. The party's starting 
in here. And everybody just busted out laughing. And even the nurse across the way heard it and she started laughing. And she just, it was like the that contagious laughter was yeah. what laughter is medicine it's good medicine yeah god says so the word and says. so it was so wonderful just to feel that that despair yeah. was broken yeah. with that laughter and um another time you know i've only been there five times but another time this woman was had hot pink shoes on and i was like "Ooh, i love your shoes she goes well she goes i try to wear some flashy things to help myself feel better i said girl i'm gonna have to wear myself some flashy stuff next week i said i'll have to look out for you so i can show you you know but i you know i i come with you know, dangly earrings. And now I'm starting to wear something a little bit, you know, more bright because it's just, it's just like that joy, Yeah. you know, that, that joy. And, and that is the Lord. It's just amazing how God is working. I wanted to touch on something super fast about when you were talking about compassion, yeah. um, how it says that Jesus shows compassion. Yeah. And when I was, I have to say, and, and my husband will laugh when he hears this, but it's just true. You know, I was kind of, I was raised in a military family. So it's not that my parents weren't compassionate. It's just that it was this, at the early age of four, I learned the phrase, shoot, move, and communicate. My father was Army. And we just kind of learned, this is what you do. You get up, you move on, and you let the people know where you've gone to, right? And so, sure enough, um, I I said to my husband, I said, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm not very compassionate. And he kind of laughed, and he's like, (laughs) ha. sometimes what are you talking about and i was like well gosh lord you know i'm praying to the lord i'm like gosh i kind of would like this to be you know a little different i i try to be compassionate but so one day i'm reading about mary and martha and lazarus had died and one of the girls i don't remember which one said you know if you had only been here yeah and as i was reading through that and i was like so you know you read something one time and you're like wow i've read this story up so many times but you catch something new well, the Lord showed me that it said that Jesus wept. And what I find interesting is Jesus already knew. What was going to happen. He was going to bring yeah. Lazarus. It's going to be the most dramatic miracle yes. in the history of the world. Yes. Yeah. So I said out loud as I'm reading this, I said, Jesus, kind of like almost like, a, you know, like, what's the deal? I was like, Jesus, why in the world did you weep? You already knew you were going to bring the man back to life. And it was as if, as if the Holy Spirit just struck my heart to show you how to be compassionate with others, to show mm. you who read this word that this is what you're supposed to do. Amen. You're supposed to have compassion and empathy. Oh, my goodness. I fell to my knees yeah. <laughs> immediately said, Lord, I desire, I desire to be compassionate. And, you know, God has done that through this experience. He has given me this empathy. I have never had before. Yeah. I'm compassionate with little kids. It's easy. Yeah. But with other people, it's like, oh, come on, you know, just yeah. pull yourself up and move along. But it's it's different. It's now. his compassion that's bubbling his out compassion. of you. It's Absolutely. not you. Absolutely. It's not at all me. And the I think the goal of the Christian life is less of me and more of you. Absolutely. Right? Whoever yes, would come after whoever would follow me, whoever would come after me must first deny himself. That's right. That's whatever I'm naturally wanting to do, and yes. that's when the Spirit comes through. Yes. 
So you are listening to the Firestorm Live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert. It is my honor to share with you testimonies of regular Christians just like you who are moving in love every day as part of their normal life, and they're seeing that love of Jesus bubble through them to affect people around them, often in very dramatic and miraculous ways. My guest today is Cindy Aiken, and she's sharing about getting a really scary cancer diagnosis that she's still walking through and how she's manifesting the love of the Lord through that. She's praying for people in the oncology ward, folks. She's praying for nurses in there. The Lord is using, is laboring with her through this time, and she's seeing him touch people in the bleakest and the darkest of times. This is what a warrior faith looks like. This is how weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but they are divinely powerful for demolishing strongholds. So we're thankful to be on 89.1 FM, the word in praise, coming to you from Cheriton, Virginia, and Firestorm United is our ministry. We are all about equipping and encouraging the body of Christ to step into the fullness and the adventure and the excitement of being his hands and feet in love to hurting people every day. We're listener supported. You can find us at firestormunited.org on the web and our Facebook. You can see us there on Facebook. We know we do. We come out on the radio. Of course, that's audio only, but if you want to see what we look like and all of our lovely guests, <laughs> that's on Facebook on Firestorm United. So, Cindy, I want, to, I want to dig into this a little bit more because what I feel like you're sharing is, it, first of all, it's just – it's so pure and you're so real and you can tell there's no guile in you and this is just pure – what God is doing with you right now. And and I feel like for our listeners, we're all going through varying levels of challenges. Absolutely. It may not be what you have, but to them, it could feel just as bad. And what do I do in that situation? What I feel like you're modeling is, first of all, it, is it getting you out of yourself when you go and pray for other people? Is that like getting out of your own head? Yes. Is that happening? Absolutely, because I think... You know, initially I was like, God, who am I to pray for anybody? I'm in the same boat as these folks. And that's that's why, that's why. I'm equipped yeah. to pray for when them. When you're or, weak, or God then you're strong. Me. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because if you have a healthy person go up and pray for this person, it's different than when you have somebody who's in the exact same position come and pray. Yeah. And it is it is just the looks on their faces like you understand. Yeah. When I said I'm sorry to that woman, Vanessa, that look in her eyes, she knew I knew what I was talking yeah. about, that that's that I was so just right there with her, yeah. walking that walk with her. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, God is, you know, I want to say something that uh, my husband said to me, you know, he he said to me several weeks ago, he said, you know, I want to be so angry at God right now. I want to. I want to be angry that that this is happening to us, to our family. He said, but every time, and I might not quote it perfectly, but every time I go to feel that anger, I look in the word and see how he's journeyed through each and every sickness, ailment, the cross. I mean, he already he came to be and to do and to live so that when we are living, it is because he does know. So, for example... Vanessa knew I understood what she was going through, yeah. 
And that's what we should know. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that surprises the Lord. Yeah. And when just to know that he has already gone through this before we did. Yeah. And so he's not only going to be with us, which so many people say, you know, oh, he's, oh boy, do people tell you this? You know, the Lord's going to use you through this. And I want to turn around and say, I don't say it, but I want to turn around and say, I don't want to be used right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather be healthy. Yeah. And just like you said, on the beach yep. with my bills all paid, yep. having a wonderful time. Yep. That's what my flesh would prefer, yeah. right? However, as I watch, you know, as we read in the word and we see how Jesus, like you said, had compassion, but more so, he walked with he walked with these people through every different part of life. There is not one thing we can walk through that he hasn't already been there for and done already. And and I love the way, if you were listening to the first half of the show, she talked about, you talked about being in the oncology ward and and being nervous about praying for people, Yes, right? Very, very very normal. I think pretty much every single person that's listening is going to say, oh yeah, I'm nervous too. Uh, I'll tell you, it doesn't go away. That's your enemy trying to get you to not do it absolutely because he knows if you activate and you step in there in love and you pray for a stranger mm-hmm. all of heaven rejoices and all of his realm gets ripped apart yes. i see it all the time so you just got to get deny yourself get past that awkwardness and what you i feel like you saw was just a change of atmosphere oh, you can completely. feel the presence of the lord yes hit yes okay it was so evident that the presence of the Lord was in that room. People were smiling. People just seemed at peace. Their faces seemed at peace. Their heads were lifted higher. Yeah. There was actual evidence yeah. that there was a change in the atmosphere. Yeah. It was so uncanny. And it just it it just was, you know, it, at first I thought, oh. And then as I had time to reflect, I was like, wow. (laughs) It's exciting. God used me. He chose to use someone like me. And let me just say for anybody who ever has a hesitancy to pray for someone, really, truly, what is the worst thing that can happen? They say no. And and that's okay. They're allowed to say that. But I'm going to tell you. And all the times that God has called me to pray for someone, especially when God is prompting you and you're feeling that tugging, yeah. um, I, all the times I've only had one time someone said no, one time. And there's yeah. a lot of people that the Lord has had me pray for. Yeah. So I just feel like, like you said, it's the enemy. He knows the power and impact that because, again, it wasn't just that one person who was touched because of that one initial prayer. Someone else asked for prayer for someone that it turned out she didn't even know the woman. They had just been sitting there talking. And she asked for prayer for that woman based off what that woman had shared with her. Yes. And then the entire room just changed. Yeah. And what I love, the other part that you're doing. So, you know, we all get sick. There is That's a reality sure. of having a human body. We are going to get sick. What would it look like if next time you got sick and needed to go to the doctor, what would it look like if you just prayed a blessing on your nurses that are yes. that are marinating in sickness and depression of people that are Absolutely. sick every day? What would that look like? And you're doing that. Yes. So you're praying for the nurses in there. What are you seeing in that? 
So first of all, they love it. They're like, they're kind of like at first, like, uh, uh, oh, what? <laughs> but then they're just like, they, how, the first thing they say is, how are you so positive? And I said, it's the Lord. Yeah. The Lord has given me joy. And when and, and the thing is, is because we're all in little partitioned, it's like little partitions, you can see people leaning over, listening to how does this woman have joy you know, when she's going through what she's going through. But the thing is, is I'm not alone. Yeah. And so that joy then spreads through the where we're getting the blood work done. I mean, the the only person that I've not prayed for yet, and, and it's interesting because my doctor, he's very good. They call him the bulldog, okay, because okay, he's excellent. Yeah. But I'm like, I have to tell you, I'm like, okay, Lord, if you call me to pray for him, you're going to have to really equip me, please, because I don't yeah. know what he's going to say, you know. But I will tell you that before I got surgery, I asked my doctor if I could pray with her before I had surgery. And it this is so funny because later my nurses told me that um, she she was not a Christian. And they said, but she let you pray with her? Yeah. I said, yes. Yeah. And they're like, that's wonderful because she's so amazing. Everybody loves her. They're, the nurses were like, we want her to be a Christian. She's so fantastic, you know. But it's kind of, but God, God's on his own timetable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And so, but I thought that was neat. So I thought, well, Lord, okay, if, if you ask me to pray for him, this 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 oncologist, I will, but please give me the courage because oh, yeah. I am a regular person and I do get scared and I do get nervous before I go yeah. pray for someone. And I will tell you this though, and this is a very good tip. So anybody who gets a little nervous about praying for someone, listen carefully. I do it as soon as I feel like I'm supposed to pray. I'm I'm like a horse coming out of a gate. You jump because if oh. I don't, I will give myself yes. five thousand four hundred seventy three yeah. reasons why I shouldn't go pray with that person. I can talk myself out of it, so I jump immediately. Yes, because if I don't, oh, I just get my I get even you get more in your nervous. head. Yeah, and that's yes. you know must first deny himself. Yes, you'll get it in your head. I love that. That is yes. what I call a pro tip right there. Yes, is when you feel the prompting, jump. Jump. I sincerely. want the Lord to know. <laughs> That when he calls, I jump. Yes. Um, I heard that from Reinhard Bonnke. He said that. And oh, wow. uh, it connected with me. Yes. I want the Lord to know, you know, Reinhardt's voice. Yes. I want the Lord to know that <laughs> when he calls me, I jump. Yes. And it's true. It is. And when that happens, there is, I feel like with me, there is an additional anointing, a grace that flows into that obedience. Yes. Because he's already done everything. Mm -hmm. He's just waiting on us to go like be the UPS delivery guy. Right. He's already provided everything. Now I just have to go put it on your front porch. Yeah. And the other thing that I love about this is when you're praying for people, because I know you and I have talked about it, guys, she's praying quick. She's praying short. Yes. She's not standing with her hand in the air and calling nope. attention to herself. <laughs> right. No. It's not about you. It's about him. So if just just keep it short. Keep it simple. Let them know that the Lord loves them, that he sees them. Fill them with his presence because we are carriers of the presence, mm -hmm. right? The Spirit of God lives in you. Yes. You can transfer it. You can give it away. It's like you have an unlimited bank account and you can write checks on it all day. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, you can. I know. <laughs> you do. You have all my father's I resources. <laughs> I can give. I can give it all away. So – but I know because we've talked about it um, and because you're a little nervous, just keep it short. You don't have to – it doesn't have to be a treatise on theology. Oh, golly, no. No. No, because you know what? You're also talking – you're praying for that person 
and you want for them to to feel comfortable and so you just you just be sincere i mean just what your heart just out of the out of the flow of your heart let the lord speak yeah 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 so there are so many pro tips and elements in here, Cindy. Um, So wherever you are in your Christian walk, I want to encourage you that there is more. If you've walked with the Lord for two months or 35 years, there's more. And the more is less of you and more of him. Mm -hmm. There's manifesting more of him every day. And how do we do that? We do that by just having eyes and being available. You know, what I do is I go about my day and I say, Lord, just give me eyes to see people the way you do. Yes. And he highlights people. Mm -hmm. I had a guy in the bank. He had a broken hand, was able to pray for him. He received it right in the middle of the bank, right right there in the middle. (laughs) Wow. Right? Um, Prayed for his hand, prayed for healing for his hand. But, you know, I... And he left. I didn't have him check it or anything. But uh, the fact was he absolutely received. He was absolutely thankful. Yes. And and it's not because I'm unique. It's just because I want to jump. Yes. When he shows me someone, I want to jump. So you're listening to the Firestorm Live broadcast sponsored by Firestorm United. We are also listener-supported. We are entirely listener-supported. So if that catches something in you and you say, yes, I'd like to, to help these people continue sharing what the Lord is doing, you can go to our website, firestormunited.org. You can see old shows. You can see uh, the backstory of you know different testimonies and the evidences we have for a lot of the miraculous, the healings, the, the things that we've seen, all on firestormunited.org. And really cool opportunity coming up. So if I had to if I had to pick like who I maybe have learned the most from in the natural the holy spirit is my primary teacher but the ones that have really influenced me the most, um, probably my finest teacher that I've learned from is a man named Robbie Dawkins, and I don't usually drop names, and but Robbie is going to be here in Virginia Beach this upcoming weekend. Our friend Brian Britton, who was actually on the show a, a month or so ago, is bringing Robbie and some other revivalists here. So Friday night and Saturday night at Calvary Assembly of God in Virginia Beach, Robbie will be sharing, preaching, teaching. And uh, in my opinion, I've not found anyone better. Um, I'll be there. We'll have the Firestorm United team there. Uh, it will equip. It'll equip you to step into into this as a normal part of your life. So it's Friday night this week and Saturday night this week, plus about a lot of other stuff uh, going on with that. So I encourage you if you are intrigued. We would love to have you. It, it will be fun, and I think it'll really grow you and, and show you a vision for what more can look like. So we are coming into the home stretch, Cindy. Um, I would love it if you could pray for our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love that. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much, first of all, that uh, Scott is such a just a blessing and a light as he speaks to so many people, including myself, my family. And Lord, I just I pray blessing over him and his family that you, you would Lord. continue to use them, Lord, including Lynn, Lord, as she's just such a prayer warrior herself. Amen. Father, I want to pray for the listeners. God, as, as I think the big thing, the big farce is that we're anybody different than somebody else. And Lord, what I would love to just put out there is say that, Lord God, you are the one 
Yes, Lord. You are the one who prays, uh, excuse me, you are the one who uses anybody. And Lord, we look in the Bible, we look at the disciples you chose, and they were fishermen and tax collectors. And Lord God, I just pray for these people listening today that you would give them the courage to just step out in faith and to pray, Lord. Lord, to pray for others, pray for themselves if they're not feeling well. Pray with expectancy, Lord, because you do not disappoint. There are times you have to say no. There are times you have to say wait. But Father God, you are always with us, and we just ask for your hands in Jesus' name. name. Thank you for listening to Firestorm Live, and we will see you next week. Flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. Thank you for listening to Firestorm Live with your host, Scott Gilbert. Presented every Tuesday from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. by Firestorm United. A collaboration of activated believers just like you. Moving in love every day wherever they go. Being the hands and feet of Jesus. Find Firestorm United on Facebook. Discover more at firestormunited.org. That's firestormunited.org.